What's going on, y'all? Mad Lab here. Welcome to the main event breakdown brought to you by the one and only Mayo Media Network. Best network on the internet for all your sporting and DFS needs, whether it's wagering, DFS, uh, or just getting the right side of fights, games, whatever you need. Um, if you're looking for more MMA content outside of here, you can go to the Dog and uh, Pass podcast with Cody and Paul. Also, you have Brett Apley doing his favorite DraftKings fades, um, his favorite cash plays. So he gives you a little bit of a a, a, a meat sandwich of all his favorite plays and his not you know not so favorite plays on the card. So definitely go check those out. Um, as for me, I am here to give you the main event only. We lost our first main event last week uh, before the uh, obviously the break in about five six weeks. We had a really good run and then we obviously lost Volkov, but it's okay. We get back on the train. We keep moving forward. Um, you know when you look at this fight in in its entirety, you got to really. You, you know, look at the personalities. You got to look at, you know, the evolution from fight one to the third fight. So if you really look at the first fight, what was the biggest thing that stood out to you with, with, uh, with Poirier? What was he, you know, chiming about all the time? He was saying how he's never really engaged in trash talking before. He's never really got into that. And it was the first time it really got into his head. And he really believes uh, that it just kind of allowed him to throw his blueprint out the window and just go forward and fight emotional. And that's why he really feels he lost. Um, obviously, you know, years later now, they fight again. He matures, um, and he comes back, and he beats Conor McGregor. He throws in an element in the game that a lot of people are starting to use now, but Conor, being a very heavy leg boxing-style fighter, was unable to check those leg kicks. It really wasn't a conditioning thing. It was more along the lines that he just had a perfect game plan. He started chipping away at the legs, and he saw that he wasn't checking them. So why fix something that's not broken? He kept going and kept going. And once you do that and you, you take away one leg, that movement's not there no more. The power's not there no more. And basically what you're doing at that point is you're not throwing from your hips. You're not throwing from your core. You're throwing just arm punches. And even though they look hard and they look fast and they look snappy, they're not generating as much power as you think because it's strictly arm. It's not core. You're not using your leverage. You know, so that was the biggest thing. And he obviously, we know the outcome to that. He ended up knocking him out. So now when you look at this fight, what's changed? <clears throat> well, you got Dustin Poirier, who obviously now is coming in with a boatload of confidence. Uh, and you have Conor McGregor, who kind of flipped his persona again. Now he's not the good boy anymore. He's not the, the guy who's like, you know, with his arm around you, holding up the hot sauce. He's trying to bring that bad boy persona. And I think he's trying a little too hard. If you watch the press conference, it wasn't the same witty Conor McGregor. It's almost like he ran out of things he ran out of jokes he ran out of he's just trying too hard he's it doesn't seem like he's that guy anymore but he's trying very hard to be um in the press conference i gotta be honest with you the first time in a long time i, I could say that i think dustin won the war of words in a press conference uh and the fans were starting to buy into it too when he said you know it's not mcgregor fast it's mcgregor sleep the front the fans went nuts and connor just kind of sat there and he kept looking up i don't know if there was a screen up top but he kept looking up i don't know if he was looking at himself or what, but you could just see it. he didn't have the comebacks he usually did. It was shut your mouth and, you know, I'm going to dance on your head. The same things that he always says. It just seems like he was trying very, very hard, bringing in his wife, getting very, very personal with Dustin to see if he can get a reaction out of him. Surprisingly enough, he did not show a reaction. Dustin pretty much was hip to the game. He knew what he was trying to do. He kept his cool. He fired back at him once or twice, but you never really saw his blood pressure go up. You never really saw him get heated. He actually picked up the microphone a couple times. He even said, you know, you used to be better than this. You're not good at this anymore. So, you know, when you look at that, you got to wonder, how did Conor McGregor really get off that stage? Did he get off that stage like saying, maybe, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not that good at this anymore? Um, you know, so because it wasn't funny. Like, I didn't find anything. There was a couple few things that were funny in there, but I got to say it was probably because of his – 
his um, his accent that makes it funny. You know, some people's accents when they say things, if if I would say them, they don't sound that funny. But if somebody says it with an accent, it sounds a little bit funnier. So those are the kind of things that made his comments funny. But other than that, he he didn't he just wasn't right. Like it, it wasn't it was it was pushed. It was it was forced. It wasn't organic. Um, but when you look at the fight itself, you got to look at Conor McGregor's hole. Now, if you guys read my article uh, or you read my article, uh, you'll see that I compare him to a very a, a lot of fighters in combat sports. I compare him to a Mike Tyson. I compare him to a Ronda Rousey. Uh, and the reason why I'm comparing uh, him with these people is because I know I'm listen. I, I, I get shit about this with Tyson all the time. I never thought Tyson was that good. Um, I think Tyson was a product of his time. Um, you know, I think that he, there was a lot of guys he never fought. Even though they weren't that great, stylistic, they, there were problems for him. Uh, you could disagree with me all you want, but I'm somebody who watches, has been involved in boxing since I was a kid, and there's not many people that I can actually sit down and talk to about boxing. Actually, not many people at all in my age group, group that I can sit down and really talk about boxing other than Bush. Um, everyone else, they kind of know the nuts and bolts of it, but you can't go back into history with them like I could with somebody like Bush. Um, you know, and when you really look at Tyson, if you look at the guys that, that Don King landscaped for him to fight, you know, the uh, Francis Bothas of the world, you know, guys that really held no relevance. They were there, they were jumping ponds, they were going across the pond to find people, but nobody with no real, real relevance. Guys like Larry Holmes that was washed up. But there are facts behind why didn't he ever fight a guy like David Tua? Never fought David Tua. He avoided David Tua. He avoided George Foreman when he was 41 years old. Why didn't he ever fight Ray Mercer when Ray Mercer at the time was undefeated. Why? Because Ray Mercer had that style. He had a granite chin. He was very powerful. Wasn't a great boxer, but he had that style. He had that stylistic ability to match Tyson in certain aspects. So Don King couldn't have any of that. After a while, you can't avoid everybody. You know, you can't avoid the Lennox Lewis's and you can't avoid the Holyfields. You got to get in there and you got to fight them. Now you could say there and you could say, well, you know, he lost Customato, he lost his mind, all this other stuff. I get all that. I do get all that, and Mike Tyson wasn't a guy that was absolutely wired properly, but true, tra true champions are resilient. You know, they, they find ways to win. They find ways to manipulate their game and, and, and change things in their, in their game to win. Once he lost to Buster Douglas, who was a boxer that night, it, it was just a tumbling effect. Everybody's tough and everybody's great until they lose. Once they lose, that's where the resilience really shows. That's where you see what a champion is made of. It's easy to win. But when you lose is when it really shows the true heart of a champion. And once Tyson lost, he lost something in the, in the ring that night. And the same thing with Ronda Rousey. I never thought she was that good. I always thought that she was just a product uh, of, you know, Dana White. And, like, back, back then, you had a girl waiting in the wings that wasn't marketable, that wasn't attractive, that was kind of a misfit in Cyborg. She was the beast back then. Nobody wanted to market her because she wasn't marketable. Ronda Rousey was marketable. She was good. Tyson was good, but to me, they weren't great. They were a product of very good marketing uh, and time. And then obviously the same thing with Ronda Rousey. You, she couldn't avoid things anymore. She ended up getting into the cage with somebody who was an extremely cerebral boxer, extremely cerebral striker. Holly Holm ended up knocking her out. And then all of a sudden the tumble effect goes. Then she starts losing, and everybody starts losing, and she starts losing her confidence, uh, and, she's, and she ends up retiring. That, to me, is not the markings of a great fighter. You know, that to me isn't a great fighter. A good fighter she was. A good fighter Tyson was. Not a great one. You know, and then I look at Conor McGregor, and I'm saying, okay, well, you know, this guy fought some good competition. But if you really look at his, the history of his work, 
You know, even the Jose Aldo, the Jose Aldo fight, like, did he win that fight? Yeah, he won that fight. He caught him. But I still, to this day, don't believe, I don't know if he would have beat Jose Aldo back in the day if he never caught him with that shot. They literally had the fight, especially after watching the Poirier fight, the way, you know, Poirier was, took away his legs. Back then, Jose Aldo was all about the leg kicks. And who had better kicks than Aldo? Nobody, you know, in that division. So who's to say if that thing didn't go into the first or second round that, didn't, that he that didn't even chip him up? When he fought Chad Mendez, Chad Mendez was, was putting it on him. That was an extremely late replacement. You know, he came in on late notice for that fight. He ended up gassing out because he didn't have a full camp. But he showed a little bit of a peek in the hole of the blueprint on how to beat Conor McGregor. The wrestling. He was exposing him on, on the ground. He gassed out. Conor won. Conor's a very good fighter. But Conor is also a product of fantastic marketing. And I'm not gonna give the credit to the UFC for that. I'm gonna give the credit to him for that. He's a brilliant businessman. He's a brilliant marketer. He knows how to market himself. And not to mention, the guy's a very good fighter. I just never thought he was great. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you guys wanna think he's great and you guys wanna think that he's, you know, the go, and that, that's, that's your opinion. This is a very, you know, it's an opinionated topic. I personally never thought he was great. I thought he was good, but I knew that he was extremely matchup predicated. He was extremely matchup predicated. And, um, and here we go now. Now he fights a guy in Dustin who kind of had all these visuals throughout the kind of small downfall of his career where he says, okay, well, I can expose him here. I can expose him here. He had time to watch. He had time to really, really dissect his fights, where he progressed, where he didn't progress, and where he stayed stagnant. He brought that into the cage with him. He obviously saw something in his game where he can expose the leg like that because you just don't come in there and say, listen, I'm going to be the first guy to sit there and just knock the shit out of Conor's legs. They saw something. They read something. Um, the thing with Connor is Connor's extremely cerebral. Um, this is a guy who will make adjustments. He isn't going to come in there and fight that same way on that, you know, just be super, super heavy, you know, boxing style on that front leg. He's going to end up walking him down. He's going to end up trying to get closer with him. This way, those legs can't come out and get full extension, you know, and connect on him. He's going to try to close that gap, you know, and that could be a way he could do it because when you learn, when you're, when you're a boxing style, it's really hard to change your your style in six months. It's, it's very, very hard. It's very uncomfortable. So he's got to improvise by bringing in close, taking away the range of the kicks, and see if he can, you know, sniper him with a left hand, which obviously he is known for. His power just doesn't have, seem to be generating. He's hurting guys, but he's not sparking them. You know, um, and uh, if you watch the weigh-ins and you watch the, you know, the, 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 the stare down right after the press conference, he, he just doesn't, I, he doesn't look like the same. He looks like he's, he's acting. Like, he wants to be there, obviously. He don't need the money. You know, he, he doesn't need the money. Um, but it seems forced to me. And that's just my opinion. It seems very forced to me. Uh, I look at this fight as Connor needs to win this early. There's, there's a couple things that you can't change. You could be the best version of yourself in a certain things, um, but you can't completely change them. Some things boil down to your genetic code. One thing that boils down to your genetic code is your conditioning. There's a reason why there's marathon runners. There's a reason why there's, you know, um, short distance runners, uh, sprinters, because that's where their gas tank lies. That's where they're best. You can never get a sprinter to sit there and run a cross-country marathon. Uh, or a triathlete, or, or be a triathlete, or anything like that. It's just their bodies aren't wound that way. You can extract the best potential out of yourself, but it doesn't mean that your cardio is going to be as good as a, 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 someone that runs, you know, cross country or a triathlete. Some people are just built that way. They're built better. He's also not built for a war. You know, that's another big thing. His body just isn't built for a war. If you look at O'Connor's fights, he's kind of always got, whenever he won his fights, he got everything he wanted. He would face a little bit of adversity. He faced a little bit of adversity in the second fight with, the, uh, with Nate Diaz when he ended up winning the decision, which I personally think that was very close, could have went either way. 
But if you really look at his fights, he's not wired for war. Where someone like Poirier is wired for war, he gets better in the third, fourth, and fifth round. That's just the way it is. He's a slow starter. He'll, tend, he'll maybe get hurt in the first round. That's Connor's window, round one and two. He's wired for those two rounds because he's got that pipe in left hand. He looks to measure. He sits down on his punches. He loads up, and he looks to spark you with it. Where, you know, Dustin looks to lay a beat on you. He looks to find angles. He looks to counter you a little bit, you know, make some reads, and then he'll come back in the third, fourth, and fifth round once he gets marked up a little bit, and he tries to put it on you then. So that's where these windows are. These windows are really A and B. Connor's got to do this early. I don't see any way Connor's knocking him out in the fourth round or the fifth round, and I honestly don't think he can win a decision in a five round because, like I said, Poirier just keeps coming on. He actually gets better when he's tired. He'll throw more volume when he's tired, where Connor doesn't really have a good poker face. I mean, let's be honest. Go back and watch all his film when he was hurt or tired. He's got a terrible poker face. You know, he looks exhausted. His body language looks exhausted. Um, his punches come out of the gun exhausted. He's backing up. He's skirting against the cage. He just looks defeated when he's tired. He actually starts to lose his confidence little by little. Uh, he'll come back, you know, in, in a round. He'll give you about 30 seconds of piping hot, you know, punches, and then he'll start spitting out the mouthpiece again. He doesn't have a very good poker face. So Poirier is going <clears> to <throat> read things like that. When he reads things like that, you know, that's when he starts going and he starts hunting. So, you know, can Connor win this fight? hundred percent. hundred percent he can win this fight. Um, do I think he's going to win this fight? No. I think Dustin's going to win this fight. I do think that it's going to go deeper than it did in, the, obviously, the past two fights. I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive. I think they both know each other now. They both know they could finish each other, uh, and they're going to be a little bit more cautious in there, making a little bit better reads. Connor's obviously got to be a little bit more cautious with the leg kicks. He's also got to be cautious now, wondering if, you know, Poirier's going to take him down. Uh, so there's a lot involved in this fight. And obviously, Poirier, as much as he has his confidence, he's looking at a different guy now that's showing him a different personality, this split personality that he's got all of a sudden. So, um, you know, interesting fight. I'm super excited for it. I do think Dustin wins the fight. From a DraftKings perspective, 8,100, 8,100. 8, I love it when it's like this because you can kind of split them, right? If you're running 10 lineups, you can have five of the same lineups. You just swap them out if, if, if you know, uh, with, with no interchanging anyone else. And if one of those lineups go up, you could just kind of sit back and whoever wins, you're, you're sitting in good shape. So it's, it's a mid-tier, you know, it's a, it's a mid uh Mid sandwich, it's the meat of the sandwich, and there's going to be a lot of casuals on this card. A lot of people, not like you and I, who are really into this, who know those mid tier guys. They only know the really top, 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 and the bottom. So they're going to be dumpster diving. They're going to be taking their swings on the McGregor, you know, on, on guys up top because they see the the, the, the the price tag, the O'Malley's and stuff like that. Um, obviously, they're going to jump in on the McGregor's mid tier, but there's so many guys in between there that you know there's going to be value there. There's going to be value there. So you know, keep that in mind. Um, uh, my hedge weight for this, if it was a 10 lineup system, I would go six lineups with Poirier, four with, with Connor. I think that's plenty, 60% with Poirier. Uh, as far as a betting standpoint, for, from a wagering standpoint, you got to be very careful here. Um, this is something where you can actually sit back and wait a little longer uh, and see where the sharps are going. I think people are sitting back a little bit on this card to see if the Conor McGregor money is going to roll in if you're a Poirier backer and see if it maybe the line flips or gets a little, little tighter. Because um, people are going to start pouring money on Connor, I'm, I'm expecting them to. But as of now, they haven't. It's still kind of Poirier favored. Money's still rolling in on Poirier. So there are people that are losing confidence in him. Um, but, you know, my pick is Poirier. If that thing gets uh, much closer, then obviously there's going to be a play there on Poirier. I think that, you know, certain books do have under one and a half. I mean, over one and a half. I like that a lot. 
Um, I think it does go over one and a half, so that's something you can also look at. So I hope you guys enjoy the fights. Um, let's make some money, and I will talk to you next week.